0: Hi, everyone. I'm Ginger Rousey, and thanks for listening to Call of the Week. Our topic this week is a budding industry, and yes, that pun was intended. We're talking hemp, and our guest today is Dr. Eric Walker. He's joining us by phone from his office at the Highland Rim Ag Research and Education Center in Springfield. Hi, Eric. How are you?
1: I'm doing well, Ginger. How are
0: you doing? Really good. Eric is the tobacco specialist for Tennessee. He also works with specialty crops such as hemp, And he's been a busy guy this past year. Eric, why are so many producers suddenly so interested in growing hemp?
1: Yeah, this this hemp journey started in Tennessee in 2014, late 2014. And 2015, 2016, 2017, most of us were looking at hemp produced for fiber, hemp produced for grain, and while there was a lot of excitement there, there wasn't a lot of market opportunity, a lot of infrastructure. And um, so that that kind of not fizzled out, but it didn't reach these heights. And then in 2018, Tennessee made a change where we could get non-certified genetics. That is, we were able to get unnamed varieties from different states instead of varieties from other countries but Mm -hmm. these strains these non-certified genetics some of those have really high cbd values and right now cbd is kind of driving the train
0: well you you're seeing the cbd stores um hemp stores they're popping up everywhere uh a lot of pharmacists are carrying uh these products i mean you're seeing candies and oils and soaps i mean just it's it's crazy uh the, the market for this. Uh, are we looking at the next gold rush with CBD? It, it's going to be interesting so although we've seen increased interest and increased numbers of growers
1: every year for 2015, 2016, 2017 we saw less acres okay. grown but in 2018 because of these non-certified genetics and the CBD emphasis we're up above 1600 applicants for the state. Now they're not all of those haven't been approved, but we're on pace to to have a lot of licensed growers. I don't know where we'll be at that at, at registered yeah. acres. We're always going to produce less than we're registered.
0: The, the deadline for uh, getting your license to grow hemp this year is really quickly approaching. It's February 15th, and I think you have until 4.30 p.m. on February 15th to get your your application in. So 1,600 uh, growers, potentially, maybe more. Uh, what sort of questions are you getting? I know you've done research on the production of this, but what sort of questions are you getting Um from some of these first time growers?
1: Uh, I would say that the questions uh, are are maybe three subject areas. One of those is marketing like, mm-hmm. how much can I make where can I sell it and then another subject would be how do I grow it and
0: what do I need to grow it and then the, maybe the third subject would be where do I find seed or clones or seedlings grow and and where do you find the seed where is is does it have to come through the the state of Tennessee or can you go out and source that yourself
1: you you can you can go out and source it yourself now if you go out of state and what I hear uh, a lot and what I've heard in the last year probably more than any other phrase is some version of this phrase um, I know a person in Colorado or I know a person in Oregon or my buddy has a friend in Colorado. And and that is necessary uh, in a lot of cases because there's some really good hemp genetics coming out of Colorado, coming out of Oregon, coming out of other states. And if it comes out of state, then that seed or those clones or those seedlings have to arrive or seedlings.
0: You mentioned uh, how to, just how to grow it is a question. And, and I think a lot of people are curious, how do you grow this? Um, uh, you know, and I've, I've heard someone say it's similar to tobacco. And thinking about how a hemp plant looks, um, I don't know how that could be similar. So uh, maybe you can explain better.
1: Yeah, it, it doesn't look anything like that. And I would have never made that connection. So you can grow hemp, there's kind of three categories now, and it would be hemp for fiber, and hemp for grain, and hemp for cannabinoids, and right now, the cannabinoid of interest in hemp is CBD or cannabidiol, so hemp for fiber, hemp for grain, it's going to look a lot like West Tennessee. down the road, Some growers who are current or former tobacco producers, they're using their tobacco equipment, their tobacco barns, and they're either purchasing the clones or the seedlings, mm-hmm. uh, or they're buying demonized seed and making uh, growing seedlings or transplants, and they're transplanting this crop uh, with the tobacco setter or by hand with spacing similar to tobacco rows, maybe three and a half feet apart, uh, some wider than that. And then they're managing that crop like tobacco, uh, used to be managed because with hemp, there are no labeled pesticides there are no labeled herbicides, insecticides, fungicides. So
0: right now, it's all organic.
1: It's all organic practices. So, um, can't You can't say that you have an organic crop because there's a lot more that goes into it, the mm-hmm. fertilizer, uh, what was on that land in years before and what was used. Mm-hmm. But yes, uh, for pest control, it's all organic. It's a lot of labor, like tobacco, more, maybe three times the labor of tobacco. And then the, the barn storage, the way a lot of people are harvesting this, plant by plant, putting it in barns or sheds mm-hmm. and drying it down, uh, yes. similar to tobacco, but Three to five times the amount of barn space so a tremendous uh-huh. labor need a tremendous storage need when you get up to a certain scale
0: so are you are you what, yeah. what part of the plan i guess are you are you going after when you harvest
1: so again a lot of people are doing it different ways but the biggest ways i see with field production are actually like tobacco where they cut the whole plant whereas tobacco we're somewhere between depending on the tobacco type we may be 4,500 to 7,500, 8,000 plants per acre. With hemp, uh, it, again, it ranges, but maybe 800 to 2,500 plants per acre, but those plants get pretty big and they may be three to five foot in diameter or bigger, they may be three to five foot in height or taller, depending on the, the different phenotypes that we have plant one way of doing it is cutting the whole plant and sometimes these plants are so large that each plant may need to be divided into three to five or more sections and then they may be spiked on a tobacco stick or hung on a tobacco stick or somebody might run wire uh, or cable kind of like clotheslines Mm -hmm. you know in in a building and hang those plants up by their branches and then let them dry and um in some people a lot of ventilation is needed the reason it takes so much more storage than tobacco if you do it that way is because tobacco will will well, these hemp plants they have branches and those branches are somewhat woody and they stay strutted out and these colas or flowers are um, dense and you want to avoid mold and it will mold uh, on you, especially if there's not ventilation. So, you need plenty of space between the drying plants. You need uh, ventilation in the barn or shed. A lot of people run fans if it's an enclosed building. Some people are running dehumidifiers, and uh, it may take anywhere from three to six weeks for that crop to dry, uh, depending on the time of the year it's harvested, the conditions that are going on, and then. After it dries, um, people are taking it, it's called bucking or stripping, where they'll take those branches, those hemp branches, and they will strip the leaf and flower material off. And that is your marketable product if you are growing it for processing. Now, an alternative, uh, some people are cutting the plants and then moving them somewhere somewhere and then before they dry they're immediately bucking the plant or stripping that plant, the leaves, and the flowers mm-hmm. off green and fresh. Mm-hmm. Then immediately moving them to uh, types of shelves that have maybe quarter inch mesh wire on the bottom and they're putting a couple of inches of loose
0: leaf and flower material uh, on those shelves. And then they have plenty of ventilation dehumidifiers going. And they're drying that bucked or strip material then, and, and then when it's dry, it's marketable. Hmm. And that's kind of the two main things. One of our needs is drying facilities. I know there's some people now trying to get that going for 2019, but some people don't have the the storage. And I've heard of people drying it in their house. And um, so there's uh, a lot of different ways people are doing it now interesting very interesting so it, it, not really best management practices I guess out there yet because it's such a new crop but it looks like people are finding ways to make it work
1: that's right and you know there's there's not there's not any best management practices that I'm comfortable with it it's changing so rapidly I think most people are gonna grow it in 2019 like they did in 2018 on this uh, more of a tobacco or tomato model where it's uh, spaced out in the field and it branches out and you have lots of flowers and lots of colas and uh, or, or buds. The reason we talk about cannabis leaves on the flowers of cannabis plants and they produce the resin and it's gummy it's like tobacco gum so to Mm -hmm. me it's stickier and harder to get off your hands but in that resin that's where the cannabinoids are and in the case of hemp that's where your your CBD is which is driving everything now and uh, so the reason we talk about flowers colas buds so much is because per unit of area that's the most densely populated parts of the plant with trichomes so the buds have the most resin the most cbd and uh so that's where that's where the the most economical uh, economically important part of that plant Mm -hmm. is so where we're looking at fiber we're looking at stems, where we're looking at grain you want male and female plants and um there's pollination and you have seed but with hemp for CBD production every model that I know of except for one you want 100% female plants because you want those flowers those seeds are supposed to be regular hemp seed or it was uh, the feminized seed, they weren't as advertised and you had a high percentage of males in that drift um, to someone's field who who is producing uh, CBD and paid a lot of money for hemp clones or hemp seedlings. Feminized seed, if you drift that pollen onto their field, then that's a serious issue too. So, if somebody's thinking about hemp for CBD, be sure be sure of your your seed source. Talk to mm-hmm. people and make sure you get a feminized seed or clone. A hemp crop uh, produced using feminized seed or clones or seedlings from feminized seed is is very expensive. The feminized seed are going to be one or two dollars a piece up, and the clones they're going to be 3 to $7. Uh, seedlings that are grown from feminized seed may be 3 to $7. So it's, it's very expensive to establish.
0: Mm. Is anybody making money at this? There are some people making money. Um, here in Middle Tennessee, there was a, a friend of mine, and he was on Channel 5 News,
1: and he he said that that some people are making $50,000 per acre uh, on hemp. And you know what that's going to do the next day? The phone lines and
0: extension <laughs> offices
1: lit up. So, you know, what? where does someone get a number like that? And um, so for some people, um, that is possible for gross returns. So... I guess I think we can do an example over the phone and give people an idea of where a number like that comes from. Mm-hmm. So the marketable material for processing is dry flower and leaf material. If people are, are getting yields of one to, in rare circumstances, up to seven pounds of dry flower and leaf material per plant so we're going to say that we have a thousand plants and each plant makes a pound of dried flower and leaf material so we have a thousand pounds of marketable material the way some processors are paying for that is they will test it for cbd percentage and that cbd percentage may range from five
0: dollars. They may get six dollars because this is such a And that's my next question. You know, okay, 48000 an acre, that's gross. But we I mean, nice. already talked about the, the, the clones are expensive. Um, and then weed control. How, how do you control? I mean, w- so what kind of cost are you incurring to grow this?
1: So that's a huge that's a huge range as well. But from the people that I've talked with, the people that I've trusted, uh, RSQ, who is one of our extension agents in Montgomery County, has worked up a budget, Aaron Smith in Knoxville, um, another um, professor with University of Tennessee, have worked up budgets and then talking to growers. It's going to vary, but some people may have $10,000 per acre into it. Some people may have fifteen. Some people may have $20,000 or more per acre into it, depending on how bad the weeds are, how much labor they... They have to hire. So, uh, but still, you know, it, it's just, for me, Ginger, it's still mind blowing, uh, that today, and again, I don't know how long it's going to last, but mm-hmm. like it is now, I, it's, it has to, to me, in my mind, it has to stabilize sometime. And the people, you know, some of the people that are growing it now are, are thinking that it will stabilize at some point, but, you know, and now there are, there's an opportunity for people to to make significant net returns per acre, but but there is a huge, huge potential for people to lose lots of money per mm-hmm. acre. So it is critical, critical that somebody identify a market, identify a processor, try to get a contract, not any contract. There's a couple of, you know, I've seen some bad contracts going around that it may work for. needs to go into it knowing what they're going to have into it, what they're going to have to pay before they even know if the price offered is going to be enough to offset their cost and pay for the trouble or or make them a net profit. Mm -hmm. But try to get a contract or an agreement on the front end.
0: When do you harvest hemp? What time of year?
1: for the people that are are growing the crop in the field. It looks like uh, at the very end of May, at the earliest, uh, June looks like a time when a lot of hemp will be planted. There's been uh, some July-planted hemp that did really well, even as late as the first part of August. For a very, uh, very small percentage, someone really needs to know what they're doing. But I would say June is going to cover the majority of it. Uh, There'll be a lot set in July, and then it'll start coming out of the field uh, in general. Early December, just because it took that long to get to all of it. Mm -hmm. But generally, June, July going in, generally the latter part of September, October, some of November coming out. And then three to six weeks to dry if you're drying that, that plant like that. There will be some greenhouse production.
0: Talk a little bit about the TDA inspections um, because all of these um, fields that are planted in hemp are subject to to inspections. If, if I'm correct, um, what is that process going to be like?
1: So that that process, you're you're correct. The TDA has to inspect the crop, and what somebody, a licensed grower, is to do is. 30 days before harvest It and they're going to have a lot of different fields and so they're going to have a lot of different varieties, then they're going to have that many samples, at least. And TDA, um, they are allowed to come out and take more than one sample. I-, I would think that would be very rare. I've not heard of that. But even one sample per field or per variety, they can add up at $150 per sample. There's going to be a lot of hemp if, if everything goes in the direction that it's moving now there's going to be a lot of hemp grown more than we've ever had in the state tda is going to be covered up so i would recommend starting a dialogue weather things have been cited to increase THC. So there's still a lot of unknowns. We've got a lot of genetics coming from environments that are not like the southeast. So there's still a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of homework that somebody needs to do about choosing varieties to make sure they stand at 0.3%.
0: If, if you're not already getting into it, because like you said, there's so many people that are going to be doing it in 19. Have, have you missed your opportunity to get in? to hemp if, if you have to, if you wait till next year if you wait till 2020
1: yeah i mean some people will say some people will say absolutely not and uh and some people will say that they don't know i would i just i don't know um i think with the people coming into it from what i hear in 2019 unless there's big changes it looks to be room for everybody from the small grower to the experienced, labor-heavy crop grower, like vegetables or ornamentals or tobacco, too. There's big operations coming in from other states, and, uh, you know, hundreds of acres, and we saw that last year, but right now there seems to be room for everybody, but Be opportunities to learn. So again, I think there's really good potential for some people to do very well, and I think there's potential for for some people, um, including including me. You know, I've, I've thought about it too, Ginger. And and right now, just on personally, Eric Walker, it's I and I grew up on a tobacco farm and had some access to land and equipment, and it's just I'm pretty conservative, and it's
0: it's not where I feel safe enough. Uh, yet for, for Eric Walker to do it. So, not for everybody, but uh, for some people I think it's a really good option. Yeah. Well, this has been so interesting and your insights are really appreciated. Um, probably more than anybody you've done so much work with this. So, so always very good to talk to you and thanks for sharing. Again, the deadline uh, to get your application in to, to grow hemp in Tennessee in 2019 is Friday, February 15th. That is coming up very soon. You have until 4.30 p.m. to get that in to the Tennessee Department of Agriculture. If you go to the TDA uh, website, uh, they have lots of good information. They have a hemp resources page um, with all the information you need about how to submit your application. Uh, They also have references to the Tennessee Industrial Hemp Association page uh, that Eric was referencing earlier in the podcast. And um, just just other good resources there. So, more anything you need to know about hemp, you you can get there. And Eric, I'm sure we'll be talking more later in the year, and and looking forward to to finding out what you find out as as this progresses. Um, uh, anything else excited. you wanted to add?
1: No, just uh, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned TDA. Get right. to know, call TDA. Get to know them. They have worked tirelessly since 2014 on bringing this hemp pilot program to the state uh, very very good resource so ginger thank you so much for mm-hmm. putting this together and uh we'll see it's going to be a wild ride so we'll see where it goes
0: yes get get ready get ready well thanks again eric and thank you for listening to call of the week we'll talk next week call of the week is brought to you by the university of tennessee institute of agriculture and utcrops.com